You're now listening to Fundamental Fast Pitch. Hello, everyone. It's Jessica Tanner with Heather Maloney on the Fundamental Fast Pitch podcast. And today is episode 104, uh, pregame warmups. So sounds super simple and maybe even a little bit silly to be talking about something like this, but it really sets the stage for how your game's going to go. Um, if you're playing a tournament, how the rest of your day is going to go. So, um, Heather, we're going to talk about what the goal of warmups are, um, how to get started, how to kind of change as your day progresses, depending on if you have multiple games or, or different breaks or things like that. So, uh, what's the goal of, of your warmups, your pregame warmups? Yeah, so pregame warmups, like you said, are super important, and it's something that as a coach, you're going to need to definitely put some thought into and find some sort of routine that works for your team. So the goal, obviously, is to get physically warm and ready to play. That should be the given. Um, but I think just as important, if not more importantly, you need to get fi- uh, find a way to get the girls mentally prepared and focused just to kind of laser in and get game ready. So, um, you know, games and and practices are different so they should be handled a little bit differently and you know you have to make sure that the girls are in the right headspace to to compete you know practice should be a competitive atmosphere as well but games are another level yeah so that that big keyword and what you just said is focused so um I know warm-ups are typically thinking like athletically you want to be stretched and and prepared and make sure like your body is good to go but it's equally as important to make sure that your mind and like your your just mindset is equally prepared so um that's especially important at the younger levels um the the six you the eight you the ten you the ones that have a hard time kind of focusing um and staying on task anyway so especially throwing in like parents and other teams and chants and music and all kinds of distractions that are going to be in the background. Um, that's a big ask. Um, kind of takes me into like our next point, just about warmups, um, consistency. Uh, I'm going to come at you guys from a, like a mom standpoint on this one. And I'm, I'm hoping you can, you guys can get on board and understand Heather. I know that you and I have talked about this in great detail, but when it comes to kiddos, like consistency, is key whether it's like a bedtime routine or a morning routine or school like structure and like a a set order and routine it helps them to kind of know what to expect it helps them to prepare for the task at hand Um, it helps them with that focus aspect Um, but it's just they do kids seem to do better with that structure and then you can build on that as they get a little bit older and kind of putting and start teaching like that accountability and responsibility because you've already taught them the routine you've taught them expectations so then at some point you can say hey like um uh heather go run warm-ups for us or, or like one of your players like so you can kind of start introducing that accountability uh for them as well heather what do you what do you have to contribute on that part Right. So consistency, I think there's two kind of ways I look at it with when I when I think about consistency. One is the consistency of your pregame warm-up. So from game to game, uh, your pregame warm-up should be, and we're going to talk about how it's going to vary from in certain situations, but it should be pretty consistent. Like first game of the day, the kids should know, you know, the routine, like you're saying, they should be able to go run warm-ups. But um, on on another level, another way I look at it is there should be s- some commonality between your the warmups you do in in practice and and also on game day. So, what I'm thinking here is like I like to be able to start um, 
pregame warmups with like agility lines or or a jog around the field or or where you know wherever you have space if that's something you do um as a practice warm-up it kind of just sets the stage for okay it's softball time it's time to t- to focus in a little bit and then you go into your specific game uh pre-game warm-up i think you have when you have consistency in both of those places, it just it really helps reiterate that it's softball time and then it's it's game time. It's time to go. Uh yeah, no, absolutely. So not only the like athletic um stretching and preparation, uh, but also the mindset and just like you said, like getting ready for the task at hand. Um, yeah, and I think, I think it when we talk about mindset, you know, you you mentioned that with the little ones, it's it's like the coaches really have a bigger role in getting the kids focused and in that mindset. But if we can start um, that ball rolling when they're young, as they get older, I'm thinking like, you know, high school age, college age, like they, they kind of, they understand that the the pregame warmup and routine is important and that they, at that point, they sort of gather their own routine, like their own pregame, pregame warmup. So that leading up to time to show up at the fields, they're going to already start their own warmup and their own, you know, mentally preparing for the game, whether it's a routine of just how they get ready or what music they're listening to or or whatever it is that, that works for that player. Um, we're teaching them now when they're younger that that pregame warm-up and that pregame mindset shift is super important. No, absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite, like, ways to warm up when I was growing up at that, like, high school or, like, select level was that our coach would allow us to wear, like, uh, headphones and like with our music or at the time it was an iPad in our mm-hmm. back camp pocket. So um, to me, that was like part of my routine and I carried that on to college. I still carry that on with like um, with workouts at home and, and things like that. So um, just finding something that works for your team and then also finding something that works for you, like as an in- individual, if you are one of those older, like more accountable, more responsible players. Yes, definitely. And like we're saying, we're just setting the stage for those older players as they, as they were, as they kind of grow into the game and into themselves. Um, no, absolutely. So let's talk about what, what, I mean, obviously we need to warm up for the game physically. So what, what does our warmup need to cover? Um, everything you're going to do in a game, if you, if possible, pretty much, um, to simplify that. So obviously that's going to be depicted by how much time you've got, how much space you've got, how much time, like how much time there is in between games. If you've played multiple games, a lot of factors to consider here, but at the, like, at the basics, you need to have your, your stretching, you need to make sure your muscles are loose and that your body is physically prepared to go perform. Um, you need to go through some sort of throwing routine. Again, I, I don't think that it's uh, realistic to think you can have the same throwing routine that you would at practice as you would like at a pregame, like at a tournament, just one, because of limited space, but two, um, usually at practices, you're going to go through like your kind of like your fundamentals and then you're going to stretch it out and then you may do some quick throws. So again, um, you want to get like loose, but not necessarily overdo it. Um, when it comes to hitting, uh, I always, always, always recommend a T just because that's where we go to make sure our fundamentals are solid. That's where we go if we need to tweak things. So if you're like playing at a select level or high school, or if you plan on having multiple games a day, you need to make sure you always have a T packed so that you can use that as like a tool to, to make adjustments throughout the day if necessary. But um, before you do any sort of um, heavy balls or wiffle balls or soft toss, I or uh, honestly, even live like bunts, I would absolutely recommend getting some t- cuts off the tee first. 
Um, if you have the opportunity to have someone throw like live bunts or some soft toss or like I said, front toss, like heavy balls after you do the tee, that's always a great ad because you can kind of like on the mindset, you can also warm up like your eyes and hand eye coordination and tracking and timing. So that's always a good ad if, if space and time permits, um, uh, and then, of course, pitchers and catchers need to get warmed up um, so that they can go perform. And actually, I would recommend um, kind of taking a step back. I would recommend that as soon as uh, soon as you're done throwing as a team, let the pitchers and catchers break off and go hit first so that they can immediately get to to throwing and getting loose uh, pitching so that in the event, maybe if games are ahead of schedule or umpires ready to go a little bit earlier than planned or who knows the case um, that way, at least at a minimum, your pitchers and your catchers are ready because they have a whole extra layer of like mindset to prepare when it comes to like being mentally ready and focused. And um, we're asking a little bit more of them throughout the game mentally and physically. So we want to make sure, honestly, they just go into that game feeling uh, really good and feeling prepared. So um, definitely let them break off uh, and get them warm sooner rather than later. And then for your infield and infield and outfield, um, your position players, again, if space permits, like to give them some balls off the bat. Um, if you have time to do like infield, outfield on the field, uh, that's great because you can kind of get a feel for the field and the space and spatial awareness. Um, and just, again, on that mindset thing, getting some reps where they're actually going to be playing. So, um, so that they just feel prepared. That's the biggest thing to get out of this, mentally and physically prepared. Yes, and I'll just circle back to um, the part where you said that it's, it's a good idea to get your pitchers and catchers warmed up first, you know, letting them go ahead and hit first so that they can go in, and warm up with um, pitching. That sometimes can create a little bit of tension. I think uh, some players, either they just don't understand why that's being done, so they kind of get hurt feelings when they're like, oh, can I hit first? And it's always no, you know, pitcher and catcher go first. Um, it's just explain to your players what what's going on and why they always get to go first so that they understand it doesn't create any tension or bad blood between them. Um, yeah. And then, and go ahead, go ahead, Heather. I was just going to, I was going to move on to, to catchers. Um, it's not often that catchers get a dedicated warm up, but if you have the time, um, I think it's really, really good to get those catchers in the, in the mindset of it's time to catch and throw them a few blocks. It doesn't need to be, full speed or anything difficult, but just get their bodies moving, kind of, um, like we say, just trigger the the getting ready to, to play the game. Um, and and so, like, I like to throw them a few blocks, um, do a few throwdowns, nothing nothing crazy, but just get those those catcher vibes flowing. No, absolutely. Yeah, maybe some throwdowns. Um, that also helps your, your position players, maybe your shortstop, work on taking a few throws and just get everybody just, again, ready. Uh, Heather, how much time do you think we need for warm-ups? Man, that's a that's a really good question. I think that there's not really a, a great answer or like a cookie-cutter answer that you can give. Um, I think the go-to is generally about an hour. Um, but when I say an hour, that doesn't mean like pull up in the parking lot an hour before game time or come strolling up or, you know, walk up without your shoes on and ready to go. I mean, like an, a complete hour of actual warm-up time generally is the go-to um, if your team just has a hard time getting motivated first thing in the morning, maybe you need an extra 15 or 20 minutes. Um, and then, of course, if you're if you've played, a, you know, a few games in a day, that's also going to change. You're not going to need quite as much time. So about an hour and it's going to vary, you know, team to team, day to day, game to game a little bit. 
Yeah. And I'm, I'm actually going to um, disagree a slightly just because, again, you talked about the variables. But if you're let's say it's Little League and you're playing like 8U or 6U where the kiddos have a hard time focusing for an hour during the game, much less an hour of warmups and an hour of game time. That's a big ask at that age. Um, and, and you don't have to worry about your pitchers or catchers either. Right. Like I think that even like 30 or maybe 45 minutes um, is doable at that age in that stage, because you can also have multiple parents helping and um, you want to make sure that they're not going into the game already mentally or even physically like tired. Um, no, that's, so that's, that, that's a really good ad. I, that's a good point. Um, but just if just know that if you're going to plan on only giving yourself 30 minutes before uh, a game at those younger ages, make sure you have a plan. Don't just show up, scroll up at 30 minutes before and you're, you know, kind of scrambling to get ready. Um, have a plan, please. Yeah. And I would even add to that just again, because this this is where we're at right now with my daughter and especially for the coaches that like haven't done this before, don't know what they're necessarily doing just because you were saying, OK, they don't need an hour for warm ups. It's still OK to plan ahead and tell them to be there an hour before game time, because at those ages, you're going to have people that are even though you tell them an hour, you're going to have parents that are rolling up at game time. Um, you're like, it's, it's, you're just, and we talk about time and how much time to give yourself, always give yourself more time than you think you need, because let's say you get everything that you need to done ahead of time. And you have, let's say 10, 15 minutes left. Um, the girls can like do team bonding or fun stuff just to kind of like, keep them together and keep them like kind of playing loose. So I know categories, uh, little Sally Walker, um, uh, pepper playing pepper. Um, there are a bunch of things that you can do to keep them together and keep them active and keep them engaging. But, um, what you don't want to do is not give yourself enough time. And then everybody feels like flustered or rushed or just not prepared. Right. If you feel if you feel like you're halfway through your warm up and you have way too much time left, well, then you can just kind of adjust into slowing things down and take your time a little bit more. Uh, maybe give everyone a couple extra reps or play, you know, some sort of uh, game rather than strict warm ups. Um, so, yeah, definitely adjust to what you what your team needs. But um, at least in the beginning, until you get a good routine going um, air on the side of a little extra time. Yeah. And, uh, and especially younger, honestly, at any age, like it's good to remind your players too about bathroom breaks, because okay. <laughs> if you have, and if you can allocate time ahead, like, Hey, okay, everybody's going to the bathroom. Let's get this done so that we're not trying to have kiddos like running off the field or like when they're ready for their bat, having to go to the restroom. Right. So, okay. So we talked about what to do during your warm up, about how much time you need, but what about like when this happens a lot at tournaments where not every field has a great amount of space or it's a, cr a cramped up cramped area. What do you do when you don't have a lot of space or there are too many teams and there's just not enough real estate for you to do your normal uh, warm up routine? Yeah. So especially if you've never like played at a complex before or um, you're not familiar with the area, I'd say like at the bare minimum, you need to pack your bow net, a tee. Um, your bucket of balls and then heavy balls, because I feel like with those things, you can have a, like an acceptable warm up, regardless of space or time. You can throw the bow net up. You can have the girls hit off the tee into the net. You can do soft toss. You can throw live for heavy balls. You can throw live bunts. Um, so you can kind of, you can get all the reps they need swing wise um, it, using a bow net or, or something like comparable, a sock net. Um, right. And then from like, from the, 
defensive perspective, you, like you got to find space to throw. So um, if there's an open field or may, uh, even like in like a park or something next to you, like doing what you can to make sure that especially outfielders, like you have to get those long throws in and get your arm loose. So let's say you don't have enough space to do that for your warm up. Okay, maybe maybe you get creative and instead of doing like infield outfield like off the bat when it comes to your warm ups on the field, maybe infielders get their ground ball reps and then outfielders hustle up and do their long throws and stretch it out a little bit to in the outfield while infielders are doing grounders to make sure that they feel good and prepared. Uh or maybe you even mix in like dailies or pepper or just reactive stuff off the bat instead of like uh, like your normal infield outfield kind of routine. Right. So yeah, sometimes you don't have the space to, to do balls off the bat infield outfield. So you've got to get a little more creative. Um, definitely want to get those gloves working. So even if you have to get the players down on their knees to do dailies or, you know, in a real cramped area, you can, you know, just uh, adapt and improvise get those gloves moving and get those eyes tracking the ball to the glove in some way. Um, if you don't have the space to do your normal balls off the bat infield outfield. Yeah. And so, so um, pop-ups are always a good idea, especially if you can do like pop-ups combined with a communication drill. So maybe three, four five players um, per group and you're throwing balls in between them in a, in a small area, making them communicate, making them get underneath it. Um, uh, that those are always good. One of my favorite drills, popcorn. Um, it's good for infield or outfield, but it just gets your feet moving and it gets you reactive, gets you catching pop-ups, communicating. So those are some good ideas for kind of like restricted space warm-ups as well. Yeah, those pop-ups, um, you know, you don't need a ton of room at all. You can throw the ball pretty much straight up and still, you know, accomplish the the tracking the ball into your glove, moving your communicating. You can still, um, you know, accomplish all those things that you want to from like you're like you're trying to do with balls off the bat uh, balls off the bat for outfield practice or warm up. Um, okay, so one thing that you're always gonna come up against when you're playing tournaments is you're gonna think, okay, we got an hour, let's go ahead and start our warm up. We have plenty of time, um, and you know your warm up takes the normal amount of time, but then the game before you goes ITB or just runs late, and then you're stuck just with so much extra time, and your girls are already warm, um, so. So you're kind of in a, in a bad spot. It's always good to be prepared. It's good. It's nice that we're not running behind, but uh, and running late and not prepared. But uh, sometimes having that that extra time because of a delay can just be a, a like a momentum killer. So what are some things that we can do when we have game delays ahead of us, um, and and we're not aware of it, and we you know have too much time to warm up? Yeah. So very first and most important thing keep your team together and do not let them wander off. Um, keep them close to the field so everybody can see kind of what's going on, where they can, like within like yelling range, they can hear you when they say, okay, let's time to go. Let's take the field. Um, couple of reasons this is very important. The first being that we talked about being mentally prepared and focused, right? And especially for girls, there's that whole mantra, like look good, feel good, play good. Well, obviously, like their uniforms and their eye black and the bows, that's going to contribute to the look good part. But the feel good is very important. And when you get warmed up and there's a delay or time and you let those those kiddos wander off specifically in into the like into the realms of the parents in the stands, um, then you're at risk for them getting like unfocused um, or 
or maybe feelings hurt. Let's say if they've had a bad game or a bad weekend or mom and dad are watching them warm up and they're not doing something that they were told 10 times to do during the week um, at their lessons or something on their warm-ups or their swing, then if they wander off um, and they kind of get to where their feelings are hurt or they're being scolded or um, anything that's going to deter them from being mentally prepared and confident and focused and all that time you just spent like getting them ready for their game then like you're basically starting over right and then who knows what kind of conversations were had or if there's like snacks or foods or something they're not supposed to be having or just what kind of distractions um that they might have if they wander off so for me like the biggest thing is like keep them close obviously if they need to go to the rest restroom send them in like pairs or groups of three so that they can hold each other accountable and like okay they're in back girls and because like if you get them like kind of distracted or like I said, like emotionally, like just honestly just sad or frustrated or like annoyed with their parents, like that's something that you are going to see a difference in how they um, perform. Like, would you agree, Heather? Definitely. I think that the hardest thing when you have those sorts of delays in the game ahead of you is keeping them mentally prepared. So um, definitely, I totally agree and want to reiterate the keeping them together and nearby. Don't let them go to the stands or anything like that. Don't let them exit the, the pregame mindset or even even physically sometimes uh, it's, it's best to keep them wherever they were in their pregame to kind of just help with that um, staying focused aspect. Um, and, you know, like because the, the biggest thing, you know, 20 minutes for a, a a kid is not going to make them, their body's not going to like get cold and they're going to have to rewarm up. Their, their body's going to be fine for that 20 minutes or whatever it is that your delay is. It's the mental part that we have to make sure that we don't lose them on. So some of the things you can do to, to keep them kind of in that mental pregame uh, mindset is to play some sort of game. Um, it doesn't have to be anything strenuous. In fact, it'd be best if it wasn't super strenuous, especially if, you know, it's tournament and you're going to be playing multiple games. But like things like bunt queen or or categories or things like that, you know, the 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 hand slap games or anything like that, where where they're they're with their teammates and they are not exiting the the mental pregame area and and kind of revisiting, you know, like you're saying, the parents or the stands. Um, I think those are the things that you need to be looking for and 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 urging them to do rather than just go wander off and kill time until the game starts. Yeah, a couple of other good ones that I've I've really enjoyed either myself or like with kiddos that I've coached. Um, back pops are a good one, um, just because again working on kind of that hand eye coordination and and you can make it a competition. So then you get them in that like competitive mindset to see who can get the most bat pops, and it's always fun if coaches grab a bat and partake too, because then it's like, oh, Coach Jess, I'm gonna beat you, and it's like, well, no, you're not, but but good luck. <laughs> see, that keeps it fun. It does keep the competition up. It, when anytime the coaches can jump in on some of those things, it, it does kind of, you know, it, it, it motivates them to do even better. Yeah. And like the telephone game, um, again, just a bunch of things to kind of keep them close, keep them active and engaged. Um, so we talk about that. Let's say there's delay. Um, how do you, how do your warmups change if you've played like multiple games in a day? So for example, a select or a high school tournament or things like that. Right. So, um, you know, that this is one thing that we definitely deal with uh, in Texas here with the heat in the summertime. Uh, you know, your first game of the day, usually in the morning, 
you're going to want to have your usual form, full warm-ups. But after that, with it being so hot, unless you have a, a, a break where you're, you know, able to go, you have it like a few hours, multiple hours, and you're able to go and cool off and kind of completely reset. Um, the best thing is to to shorten those warm-ups uh, if you've been out there all day. So um, obviously you don't need to do the full warm-up. Your bodies are already pretty loose. Like like we said, we're talking about kids here, so they should they shouldn't have to do, you know, too terribly much to stay warm all day long uh, physically. But, um, you know, consider how long you had a break. If you've had an hour break, they probably don't need to do nearly as much as if they've had a three or four or five hour break. So um, and then the other thing that you can can think about is, is there anything that happened in the previous game or games that just kind of sticks out that the team as a whole kind of needs to work on? You know, did you attempt you know, eight bunt bunts and we got zero bunts down or did we drop six pop-ups or, you know, is there something that's sticking out that you can focus your warm-ups uh, to, to, toward so that you can maybe improve on that for the rest of the day? Yeah. And I think part of that too, when you talk about like working on something in particular is it's okay to like maybe use some of your warm-up time or break time or throughout the day to talk about getting the team together and making those adjustments and setting goals so that you're continuously like improving throughout the day. I think that's an important part of your warmups as well. I would agree. Yes. And, and even, you know, um, sometimes it can, can help if you've had a particularly bad day or, or a particular thing that's been sticking out about that, that you've, you know, come short on, whether it's bonds or pop-ups, like we just, you know, the example we just used. Um, but, but, you know, it's, it's okay to be like, Hey girls, is there something that we need to work on? Is there something that we should try to, you know, we should have a goal of improving for this next game? Can we try to get make sure we don't miss any signs? That could be another one. Um, you know, maybe we need to focus our warm up on on refreshing our signs and our signals. So um, just be fluid and, and, and adjust to whatever the needs of your team are on any given day. Yeah, and it's it's ideal to be consistent, but you also have to be flexible if those needs change. Would you agree? Yes, definitely. So consistency is key that we talked about. Um, but that I think I think the consistency part is the the, the mental and headspace part is 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 where that comes in super important um, physically and, and adjusting to whatever the needs of the team are for the day. Um, those are the things that you can be flexible on. Yeah, I would agree. And kind of just for me, the last thing that comes to mind are just the main points. Um, just because I did, I played in Tulsa and um, the cold weather. So biggest thing is making sure you're ment mentally, physically prepared and then adjusting if uh, maybe some extra stretching or some extra um, like isolated muscle movements in cold weather to make sure you don't cramp or get hurt. So I think, uh, I think warmups are really important. Um, again, they kind of change throughout situations or ages and groups throughout the day, but, um, that's, that's kind of what works for us both as we played and as we've been coaching over the years. So, um, if you guys have any suggestions or anything that you recommend or do differently, obviously we'd love to hear it, but, uh, aside from that, that's what we've got for you guys today on episode 104, uh, pregame warmups. Uh, we'll be back in a few days, with episode number 105. And until then, you guys enjoy the rest of your day. I hope it is as beautiful as the weather and uh, the sunshine we've got here in, in Texas. So you guys take care and we'll be back in a few days.